This episode of the Europod podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Now, it's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean that the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it rain, you get $100. That's right, one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to $1 into $100. Sounds like a no-brainer. This slam dunk of an offer won't be around forever, though. So head to the App Store now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and get in on all of the action. If basketball isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook has daily odds on hockey, soccer, and so much more. And DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its customers since 2012. So they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, that's THPN, to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code THPN for new customers to get a shot at $100, 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. A big thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this video. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, hey yeah, and previet hockey fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Europuck podcast. Uh, the eagle-eyed amongst you will notice that normally there is somebody there with me. Uh, today there is not, it's just Oddman Russia's logo. Uh, very simple reason for that, his computer when we tried to record this last night decided that it didn't want to be a computer anymore, which is always really helpful um, and he hasn't well, he hasn't got the opportunity to record today, so I'm having to record on my own. So yeah, please bear with me for any kind of slight, if it's not as slick as it normally is, because usually uh, Old Man Rush, he does all of the kind of techie stuff. Well, I say techie stuff. I mean, I mean I'm more than competent, but he's used to it and knows what screens to bring up and everything. I normally just sit here, look pretty and uh, reel off some stats and some interesting run-ins. Speaking of run-ins, we've got three leagues finishing on Monday. I'll give you a rundown of the KHL final standings and a look at the start of the KHL playoffs. We've also got exciting news in the UK about this elite mini-series. Four teams in the UK, the Nottingham Panthers, Sheffield Steelers, Manchester Storm and Coventry Blaze are taking part in a mini-series in April, so we'll talk about that as well. But we will start, as we always do, with the KHL. So here are the KHL standings in the West at the end of the regular season. You look at CSK in Moscow, they are out in front, 91 points. They claim that first seed. SK St. Petersburg in second on 82 points. Fewer points than Dynamo Moscow and Lokomotiv Yaroslavl, but because they topped their uh, division, they claim that second seed. Yokrit in fifth, there's a gap there, 73 points. Uh, there's a 10-point gap to them in fourth. Uh, Sheropovets in sixth, only one point ahead of Dynamo Minsk. And that final game of the season lifted Sheropovets into sixth, gave them uh, Dynamo Moscow instead of SKA St. Petersburg. Minsk, though, did a really good job to get into the playoffs. Then if you look at eighth spot, we were hoping and hoping that we would have that final game showdown before between Spartak Moscow and Podolsk. You can see that Podolsk actually won that game, but they just went on too poor of a run of form before that final showdown to get themselves in to that eighth 
playoff seed. In 10th place, Sochi, they were out of it a long time ago. We knew that was going to be the case. And the same with Dinamo Riga there in 11th at the bottom. They, of course, did not have a good time of it at the start of the season. Have a look at the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and it wasn't really a surprise that Akbar's Kazan got that top seed uh, with 90 points uh, from their 60 games. Although if you look at their form guide on the right-hand side, only one win in the last five. They have not gone into the playoffs on a good run of form. Uh, Avangard Omps takes second with 84 points. Metalog Magnitogorsk in third with 81 Salavat Yuleyev in fourth, also on 81, but Magnitogorsk have extra wins. Uh, Tractor Shelibinks on 74 points in fifth. Barisner Sultan in sixth, 69 points. Uh, Yekaterinburg in seventh, 68 points. And Nizhki Novgorod in eighth, 67 points. Those are the playoffs. Uh, outside of the playoffs are Sabir Novosibirsk on 58, Amir Khabarovs in 55, uh, Nishnikamps on 40 and Kunlun Red Star uh, on 34. We did speak, of course, about how difficult earlier on in the season Kunlun Red Star were finding it. They didn't have their imports. They weren't playing in China and all the rest of it. So no real surprise that they find themselves down towards the bottom of the table. Let's have a look at the playoffs then. And we're starting the Eastern Conference because this is where we are. So Akbar's Kazan, I mentioned, they're coming into this on a bad run of form. However, they come up against Nizhny Novgorod, who have not won in the last five. So they're also in a bad run of form. Akbar's Kazan, you would think, with, what, 23 points ahead of them in the regular season, you would think they would have enough to get past them in the first round of the playoffs. You've got Avangard Omsk against Avtomobilisje Katerinburg. You've got Metalog Magnitogorsk against Baris Nur Sultan. And you've got Salavat Yuleyev against Tractor Shelibinks. We'll have a look at the current uh, playoff standings in a few moments. We'll first, though, look at the Western Conference playoffs. You've got uh, the Moscows. You've got CSK Moscow against Spartak Moscow. Uh, again, a big difference there. You'd expect CSKA to get past there. SK St. Petersburg, they come up against Dinamo Minsk. Again, it's going to be a tough opening round matchup for Dinamo Minsk, who don't normally make the KHL playoffs. Uh, Dynamo Moscow against Sheropovets and Lokomotiv Yaroslavl against Jokerit. Now, Minsk, yes, they are going to, you would perhaps think, struggle against SK St. Petersburg. However, when you look at the whole league, and perhaps it's something that's, it, that could be quite surprising to you, is that SK St. Petersburg actually finished the league sixth overall. It was only because they were so dominant in their division that they got that second seed. So they might find it a bit difficult further down the playoffs, maybe in the, in, in the Western Conference kind of semi-finals, conference finals, because they have not had the best of seasons. They had a good end to the season, three wins on the bounce, but you know, there are three teams in that Western Conference that got more points than them over the course of the regular season. So they might start to find it a little bit difficult the deeper they go into the playoffs. If we have a look at uh, some of the top scorers over the course of the uh, full season, you've got the top scorer there, 67 points in Shipchov. From Dynamo Moscow, then uh, Tim Hartikainen from Salavat Yuliev on 64, uh, from Nizhny Novgorod, uh, Zavriov, and then Jaskin from Dynamo Moscow again 60. So Dynamo Moscow have got great point scorers on that team. They've got two of the top four point scorers there with uh, over 60 points as well. So you know they've got strong. Then you get you've got Salavat Yuliev Ufa there, three in the top ten. So they're going to look at. Uh, Doing well if you look at the top goal scorers as well. Again, Dinamo Moscow's got the top goal scorer in the uh, whole league. So interesting when it comes to the playoffs on that one. Let's have a look then at the playoffs because they have already started. When it decides that it wants to load up. So here we are then in the, the playoffs, the, the first round of the playoffs. We'll start over there. So in the uh, Eastern Conference, Akbar's Gazan 1-0 up 
over uh, Nizhny Novgorod. Avangard Omsk 1-0 up over Avtomobilist Yekaterinburg. 1-0 between Metalurg and Baris North Sultan. And then Tractor Shelly Binks taking the first game against Salavat uh, Yuliev. Now, they're kind of going as you would expect. So the first seed beating the eighth seed, that was by two goals to one. It was closer than some people might have thought. Avangard Omsk managed to shut out Yekaterinburg, so they'll be buoyed full of confidence already as well. Then if we uh, take a look at this split. So it was a good start for Metalurg Mantisgor. 7-4 they beat Baris Nil Sultan. And then it was a close one again. But Baris, that's a good result for them splitting it away from home. Tractor Shelibins, again, good result for them winning 3-1 away from home. The best that Salavat Yuliev can get out of there now is a split from their start. So again, promising for some of the... The lower sides in that, the top two, as you would expect, but the lower sides potentially going to cause a bit of an upset. Then if we go into the Western Conference, uh, now this is an interesting one as well. CSK Moscow only winning by a goal to nil. You'd have thought that might have been slightly bigger, but uh, just the one goal they won there. Uh, SK St. Petersburg by four goals to two. It was a 3-0 second period. That really killed the game off there into the hands of SK St. Petersburg. Uh, down in Moscow, again, a close 1-0 game. So we could be up for some really good and strong games in this uh, start of the uh, KHL playoffs. And then finally, Yokomotiv, Larisavl, uh, they are 1-0 up again over Yokrit. So plenty of tight 1-0 uh, games there in the first round of the KHL playoffs. So that was the KHL. Again, like normally we would go into quite a bit of discussion, but because Hayden's not here, I am just going to have to just keep moving, unfortunately, um, because otherwise, A, my throat's going to get very tired, and B, I think you all are going to get relatively sick of uh, listening to me talk. So let's go to Aiden's favourite league, the Austrian Ice Hockey League, because we have got... Uh, plenty to talk about here because we are deep now into the winners and losers stage. Let's have a look at the winners stage first. There are two or one games to go in this winners stage. Uh, Bolzano at the top, as you would expect. They are pretty much assured now to be that top team. Uh, unless Klagenfurt managed to get two regulation wins in their final two games and Bolzano drop their last game in regulation. Uh, Salzburg then staying kind of in the middle uh, and then Vienna Capitals and Fairvar 19-7. It's, it's pretty even. So it was Bolzano, Klagenfurt and then Fairvar 19. So Fairvar 19 have not had a great kind of winners and losers stage. They're going to drop some seeds. Um, but other than that, the top two are the same. And it is seeming to go relatively on form. The loser stage is where it is slightly more interesting. And we know how much Hayden likes this. And I'm slightly upset that he's not here to be able to talk about what a brilliant uh, loser stage we're having. Let's have a look at this then. So Dornburn have kind of really struggled. They did pick it up. They had a really difficult start. They were... Now, if it wasn't for the three wins, after five games, they had like one win and, and losses and they were really struggling. They've managed to pick it up back now. But those eight points they got for coming in sixth in the regular season is giving them everything they could possibly want now. Now, if they didn't have those eight points, they would be right down there um, uh, amongst Graz in on 13 points. So in the loser stage, Bratislava and Dorban, they've swapped uh, Villac have done really well as well. They've climbed a few places. Uh, Black wins as well. Now, with two games to go, everywhere in the loser stage, as it stands at the moment, has two games to go. Black wings are one game away from those playoffs. So they can't catch sixth and seventh. So if Black wins are going to make the playoffs, it's got to be in that eighth spot. And I really want them to get there because <laughs> then it will just completely mess with uh, Hayden's head and wouldn't that just be brilliant if we could mess with Hayden's head a little bit um so they're in ninth Graz 99ers they are in 10th they're a win back 
from that spot. But it, it is all on in the hands of Villac at the moment. Innsbruck, they've dropped from 9th to 11th. Again, a bit like um, Ferrovar. They haven't had a good time of it uh, in this loser's stage. And they now cannot make the playoffs. So there's the first team that are definitely eliminated from that. This winners and losers stage finishes on March the 7th. So finishes on Monday. So when we record next week's podcast, this will all be finished. We will know the um, the final standings. We will know what the first round of the playoff bracket is going to look like. And I'll be able to compare it against the, the notes that I had and see how this bracket is different to the bracket that it would have been at the end of the main part of the regular season. So we've got that to uh, look forward to next week. That's one of those teams that we... Uh, so that's one of those leagues, sorry, that we've really got to look forward to uh, in the next coming weeks. And for me, personally, I hope that Black Winds get into the playoffs and go really far just because it would completely mess with Hayden's head. Anyway, let's move on to the Extra Liga. We'll move into the standings of the extra liga let's not have a look at the live standings because then we can see what is going on here so the extra liga with the 52 game season i believe it is uh yes it is a 52 game season isn't it bear with me two seconds So 52-game regular season, uh, we already know there's not a great deal of change. Uh, Sparta Prague and Trinec are up at the top there. They are guaranteed to be uh, get a bye in the first round. Uh, and the only change really at the bottom is that Olimuk now are guaranteed to be in the playoffs. So we know that Zlin and Slesbudjevic are not going to make the playoffs. It is still tight between, uh, well, even, even like, Boleslav there, they are now five points with six available. So they're pretty much in there. It's just between Liberec, Mountfield HK and Pilsen. That is that kind of tightness in the middle that they just don't know who's going to get that first round by. It's going to be incredibly tight and close. And again, this is one that finishes uh, before too long. And we'll be able to have a look at this in more detail because it's really getting down to the nitty gritty now um, and to see who is going to get those first round buys. So the league, as you can see, Sparta Prague and Trinec, 105 points, 103 points. They're going to go right down to the wire, you feel, about who is going to win the league overall. But Trinec have got that game in hand, so they've got a little bit of advantage. But having the game in hand is one thing, making use of it is quite another. Uh, then we go to uh, Bolosev on 91 points, Liberec on 87 and Mountford HK on 86. So as I was just saying there, Two games to go. They need five points. So they have to win both of them, ideally in regulation, to stand a chance. Um, Pilsen on 85 points in sixth. Then Pardubice 76. Common Taberno 73. Karlovary 72. Vitkovic 71. Litvinov 66. And Olomouk 59. Those are the playoffs. Seventh to 12. So Pardubice down to Olomouk are guaranteed to be in that first round. What they are looking for now, then, particularly uh, Comitaberno, Carlovary and Vitkovic, they're looking for just those points towards the end, which will guarantee that, well, not as guarantee, but try and just change the seeding that they get. Because, of course, what all these teams want to do is get an easy, in inverted commas, first round tie or an easier first round tie. And you're going to get that being an 8th or 9th than 10th. So there's a lot to change around there. As I said, down towards the bottom. Skes Budjevic, they uh, they're on a four-game losing streak. They were well out of it a long time ago. And Zlim were also quite a long way out of it, let's be honest. Um, they are now 19 points away from the playoffs. Moving through then into the Danish Metal Ligan. Again, apologies for the kind of rapidness of going through some of these leagues and the fact that it is just me talking over and over and over again but uh, you know we'll have to make the best of it that we can again we've got some interesting stuff coming up so the Danish Metal League and again this is another one which finishes on Monday um, and with only a few games to go 
Odense, they could still get in there. And don't forget that with I think next game, I believe it is, if I if my memory serves me rightly, it's the next game. But just bear with me on that one. I know it's annoying because I've only got one screen today that um, I'm going to have to just keep flicking between these bits as best I can. But I believe the... Yeah, so they've got one game against Sondersjajk here. Then they're playing Rodova. Now, that is key because if they win that game against Rodova, they are in with a chance of making it into the playoffs in the dying moments. And I believe if we go back to the uh, main standings that we see here, they do need to pick up a couple of wins because the regulation wins there favours Rodova and... Getting the win against them will obviously reduce that deficit to one. But if it is a tie, then it is going to go in favour. Well, it is going to go against Odense. So they are not out of it and it will be an exciting end to the season. But they've really got to pick up wins. Sondershaik in fifth there. Uh, and then it's that, it's that crucial game. And that's going to be what it's all about. I mean, to be honest, you don't think they've got much of a chance, even if they get into the playoffs, to come up against Rungstad, who are knocking on the door of 100 points this season. Uh, 94 and a half, three games to go. It's not beyond the realms of possibility at the top of the table there. Um, but personally, I'd love to see Odense get in there just for the story of just creeping in there at the last few moments. So yeah, Rungstad in first, 94 and a half points. Uh, don't forget, there were some suspended games um, in Denmark earlier on. In the season, they said rather than try and reschedule them, they awarded half points. Uh, Alborg in second, 93. Esbridge, 88 in third. Herning Blue Fox, 71.5 in fourth. Sondersjajk, 69 in fifth. Frederiksarven, 65.5 from in sixth. And Herlev, 52.5 in seventh. Uh, so Herlev guaranteed to be in seventh. There can still be a bit of movement um, between fourth and sixth, uh, but those top three are guaranteed to be the top three. We don't yet know, still just the order. Uh, Rungstad and Alborg are going to go right down to the wire as well. Finish Liga time. Have a look at the Finnish Liga. Here we go. So... The Finnish Liga, it's decided to bring up the live standings for me, isn't that nice? The Finnish Liga standings then, if we have a look at it, there's still a long way to go in this 60-game season, if memory serves me right. So nobody is looking at the playoffs at the moment. But Luko out in front still by 11 points. They're picking up more wins as they go along. Uh, 11 points clear of Helsinki. IFK Helsinki in second, 77 points. TPS Turku, uh, they had their good streak. They've dropped off a little bit, but it looks like they might be on their way back with a win in their last game. Uh, they're on 73. Uh, Kalpat 72, Tapra 71, Karpat 71. So, again, there's only two points separating, what, third and sixth. In fact, there's only three points separating third and seventh when you take into account the Pelicans. Uh, Elmer's in eighth on 66, Goko on, uh, in ninth on 65, Vasan Sport, 56 points in 10th, that final playoff spot. And uh, Asat in 56 as well, but they're on a bad run of form and they've played a couple of games more than Vasat, but they're just outside the playoffs. Hamelina, 50 points in uh, in 12th place. Uh, Saipur, 45 points in, uh, in 13th place. JYP, again, they keep uh, flicking with Yukrat at the bottom of the table. They're on 40 points. A couple of games in hand on Eucrat as well. And Eucrat have uh, 39 points in 15th place. So, again, it's, the league is one of these leagues that's just ticking along. I mean, you've got two teams really out of form in Asset and Cyper there. They're, you know, they've lost at least the last five games. Uh, and they're going to really start struggling if they don't... To, you know, they're going to start falling off the playoffs quite somewhat if they don't kind of pick it up anytime soon. Luco remain the informed team up at the top. Um, and they're now 11 points clear. The regulation wins there against everybody else just says it all. 27 regulation wins. Next best is Helsinki on 21. 
They really know how to get the job done. Hamelina in good form as well. Four wins out of the last five, as are JYP, which is what's seen them kind of make this charge back up towards the rest of the pack. They're still a long way off the playoffs. A good five games away from the playoffs with 18 to go. It is uh, starting to look like it might be a small amount of a tall order for JYP to get in there, but you never know. We'll just have to see what happens. This is hockey, and as I learn on Sunday, absolutely anything can happen in ice hockey, but on Sunday... I will get onto that when we get to British ice hockey. Let's continue to go around Europe. Now we'll go to the French League Magnus, which is, as we all know, a league that has been really struggling over the course of the 2021 season. Now the standings in the French League, we have Rouen, who have played 13. They're on 37 points uh, Ongers, 32 points, 5 points behind, but they have played 3 games more. Uh, Grenoble in 3rd, 31. Nice in 4th, 26. Uh, Mulhouse in 5th, 26. Uh, Sergi Pontois, 24 points in 6th. Also on 24 points are Gap in 7th. Bordeaux are in 8th on 23 points. That's that final playoff spot. Chaminot Montblanc, uh, 21 points in 9th. Anglais, 16 points in 10th. Amiens 15 points in 11th and Briancourt 13 points in 12th. Um, Anglais and Amiens are at the bottom of the league there. Uh, we're towards the bottom of the table who have um, lost at least the last five games. Not good for them. Briancourt got a couple of wins. They lost the last one, but they pulled themselves right back into it. Again, I had a check earlier. Um, French League still not yet to decide what they're going to do about these extra games. From a Nice point of view, you better hope that, um, well, I don't know what, I think the only thing they can do is get rid of the, the games as we've spoken about before. Nice would lose eight points, they'd drop to 18 and they'd go from fourth into the playout round, they'd drop down to ninth position. So Chamio Montblanc, who are currently in that playout round, could find themselves moving up a place when... Uh, that is all said and done because I think the only thing that the French League will be able to do is to declare those games in the second half of the season, which were played earlier. It sounds complicated, but obviously because they went from 44 to 22, everyone was playing themselves home and away once, not twice. Some of the teams had already played that second fixture, so those fixtures may have to get cancelled. We completely wait and see on that one uh, but we don't feel it can be too much longer before that happens so that's the league magnus as usual they uh, don't play that many games um in fact i don't actually think they've well there's been a couple of games since last week's recording but really not that many at all let's change tack then and go to the del and in the DEL, of course, they're doing that north-south split. Those are live standings. Let's just go on to the normal standings. Uh, we have a look at the top. And Inspiring Berlin still top in the Northern Conference because they did so well earlier on in the season. Despite the fact that they've lost the last three games, they are still six points clear of Bremerhaven, who had a slip. They now look to be a little bit on the resurgence. They're 34 points. Uh, Grizz Wolfsburg have been winning games. However, if you look at the form guide on the right-hand side, their last five games have all been, excuse me, in a penalty shootout or overtime. So they haven't been picking up as many. Yes, they've been winning, but they've not been picking up as many points as they perhaps might have done. Dusseldorf in fourth in that final playoff spot. Uh, the Roosters in fifth. Cohn in sixth from Krefeld Penguin, who got a victory. Uh, but they're still... What seven? Uh, sorry, nineteen points away from the playoffs. It looks very unlikely for the Crefeld Pinguin. In the south, Adler Mannheim just continue to dominate their five wins in a row. Uh, Sixty-nine goals they've scored in just twenty games, an average of three and a half a game, and they're conceding less than two a game, which is obviously 
One of the reasons why they're doing so well. They're eight points clear of Red Bull Munich in second on 40 points. Ingolstadt on 36 points in third. Uh, the Schweiniger Wild Wings, 27 points. So there is quite a gap there in fourth. But Schweiniger have won the last two games. But again, they have needed extra time to do so. Uh, the Augsburg Panther in fifth. They're two points outside the playoffs. But they do have a game in hand over Schweiniger. Uh, the Straubing Tigers are also on 25 points. Uh, and the Nuremberg Ice Tigers, again, struggling at the bottom, 15 points, and they've lost their last three games. So if you look at the DEL in a little bit of more detail, particularly in the south, like Ingolstadt, Mun uh, Red Bull Munich, Adler Mannheim, they look, the, you know, they're already getting ahead of everybody else. They're nine points clear of fourth, um, and then there are a further two points clear of fifth. So it looks as though... Those three teams, Schweiniger, the Augsburg Panthers and the Straubinger Tigers are battling for the fourth spot in the south. In the north, it's slightly closer. And the reason I say that is because although Berlin have gone away, they've lost the last three games. And there's only three points between Bremerhaven on 34 and Nizahum Roosters on 31. So there is only one win between those. Now, yes, Bremerhaven and the Wolfsburg have got a game in hand. But it is still very close there. And Cohen, they're only four points back. That's only a couple of games as well. Like two wins there. It sees them on 33 points. They're right back into it. In the north, the only team that's really out of it is the Krefeld Pinguin. Um, so we'll you know, watch with interest as to how that unfolds as the first round starts to get uh, towards its close. Because there's 24 games in the first round. So there's only a few games left. The DEL, I admit I haven't seen... Uh, anything in the way of the DEL not... So the, I haven't seen anything in the way of a DEL announcement about the North-South games or whether they will or they won't. Um, but I'll make sure that we're up to date on that for next week's podcast. We'll have a quick look at the um, Fjordkrashligen in Norway. And the reason I say we'll have a quick look, because for some reason that pressed basketball, and I don't know why it did that. Uh, the reason we'll have a quick look is because absolutely nothing has changed because they are still not replaying hockey um, in Norway. That's that's the big problem there. Um, so if we look at the standings, it's exactly the same as it was. Uh, not aware again of any kind of Complete postponement, but Storhammer's still at the top. They won their last three. Then Friskaska, Valeringa, Stavanger, Lillehammer, Sturgeon, Mangorud, Sparta Salzburg, and then Narvik and Gruner, who were the two teams that should have gone down last year, but didn't because relegation got cancelled because of the pandemic. Uh, look as though they're going to get it this year as well. Unless, of course, this year's season gets completely postponed as well, because they have now not played for two months and uh, they're starting to run out of time somewhat to, to finish this season. So that was a very quick look at the Norwegian League. As I said, I didn't want to go on about it too long because absolutely nothing has happened for months now. So the Polish Hockey League, we'll have a look at that because the, uh, the main league finished. Uh, I believe we did cover this, but I'll just remind everybody of what the first playoff brackets are. So, yes, it did go down to the wide, didn't it? Because Tishy, Yastrobi needed Tishy to uh, to lose their final game, but they went and won 10-0. So Tishy against Sanok, Yastrobi against MMKS Podhale, Torrent against Krakow, and Katowice against Unai Oswasim in the first round of the playoffs. Now, their playoffs have been going longer than the KHL. Let's have a look at the bracket in the playoffs because I believe, well, I, I know absolutely nothing um, because... I this I'm seeing this for the first time as you as well. So no surprises. Tishy completely dominating over Sanok. They sweep the series by four games to nil. Five nil. Three one. Three two four one. Dominating display there. And the second seed Yastrobi two nil. Three two four three two one. Again, not quite so dominant, but a complete sweep of the series. Which, considering those two teams were so dominant throughout the whole year, isn't really a surprise. What uh, is kind of shaping up, shall we say, into being a great series is Torrent against Krakow. If you have a look at these near, now these need at least six games here. So Torrent, they won the first game 2-1, but then they got shot out on their own ice. And Krakow did a really good job there of splitting the series 1-0. Uh, 
Krakow then went back to home ice, 4-2, 2-1, took a 3-1 lead. Thought, okay, we could have a bit of a scalp here, uh, but uh, Torin, they're not going down without a fight. Back on their ice again by five goals to two. Now, tonight as this, uh, sorry, yeah, tonight as this goes out, uh, Krakow, there is that game six, and Krakow are back on home ice again where they haven't lost Torin so far this playoff series. So will they get over the line and get into the semifinals? It's not a particularly inviting tie, getting into the semi-finals because they've got to play Yastrobi. But how often have we seen in the playoffs where a team who sweeps someone 4-0 then all of a sudden doesn't perform very well in the next round because they've had a week off, whereas the other team has been constantly playing matches. So it'll be interesting to see that one. I suspect in this instance, Yastrobi probably have too much, but we'll see. Um, Obviously, our adopted team, in the uh, in the Polish Hockey League, Unai Ostrosim, uh, for Eliza Sherbatov, they're doing quite well. And they had what can only be described as the best start to a playoffs I think you could possibly want. They won 8-0 against Katowice on the opening game, but then the night after got shut out 5-0. So kind of make of that what you will. It was two big shutouts to start the series. Neither team really knowing what they were going to do. Um, then they're going back uh, to Unai Ostrosim's uh, rink uh, where they took a 2-1 lead winning 4-2 but then they got shut out again losing 2-0 so it's 2-0 that one has like a great series kind of shape to it but I think Katowice will take heart from the fact that they have shut out uh, uh, Unai Aspasim twice now so it seems that either the shooting or the goaltending one of the two each night isn't particularly strong. Uh, but that is the um, the Polish Hockey League playoffs. So we already know that Tishy and Yastrzemski are through into the semi-finals. I mean, unless something kind of strange happens, you would think that they potentially would be the um, the final twoing as well. Uh, right, we looked at the KHL, so let's have a look at the penultimate league for this one. I'm conscious ever so slightly of the time, but uh, we shall carry on. It's the SHL. Now... The SHL is, again, has still got a bit of time still to run. Uh, but let's have a look at the teams there anyway. So you've got Rugler in first on 91 points. Four points ahead of the Vaxio Lakers. But Vaxio have a couple of games in hand so they can catch them up. Skelefter in three. Lalea in fourth, who are on a, an appalling run of form, losing at least their last five games, 78 points. Orobro, 76 points. Frolunda, 75 uh, that's the first round by Lexan 71, Firestad BK 69, Dejardin 61. So there's a bit of a gap there as well. Malmo 59 points in 10th. Then kind of no man's land, uh, Ling Shippings and Oscar Shaman 50 and 49 points respectively. And then the play out uh, positions are held by Brinus on 48 and HV 71 on 47. Again, things to note here. Uh, Brinas have got five games in hand on Ling Shippings and they're only two points back. Oscar Shaman have got three games in hand on Ling Shippings and they're only one game back. So a lot can still happen there. The playoffs are starting to look like they might get a bit out of reach if they're not careful. Yes, there were a few games in hand in there, but you're talking 10, 11 points in some cases. So it could get uh, start to get slightly out of reach. The other place to keep your eye on is at the bottom half of that first round bye. Lelea, Orobrote, Ferunda, Lexans, Firestad as well. Lelea slightly further out in front, but you've got 78, 76, 75, 71, 69. There's plenty there. There's an eight-point gap then down to Jujardin. So you're talking kind of eighth to fourth are kind of almost in a mini-league themselves, although Lelea will be looking up rather than back, despite that poor run of form. Firestad are on the best run of, well, sorry, no, Malmo are on the best run of form at the moment. Five straight wins and to really lift themselves up. They would have been on, what, 44 points before then. So down near the bottom, they've used their games in hand really well, just rocketed themselves up that league. So that's going well for Malmo. But again, that point is going to be uh, in that middle. That Do you get the first round by? Do you have to play in the first round? That's going to be tight as we get towards the end of the season. But as I said, again, there is still quite a bit to play um, in the 
sorry, in the SHL. So, uh, we're, again, we'll keep covering that as we are. As more teams and, and leagues get into the playoffs, we can have a look at the run-ins of some of these other leagues in a bit more detail. Finally, we will look at the National League, the Swiss National League. As we get the standings up, are there any games going on at the moment? No, there aren't. So, Swiss National League, you've got Zug, who are just completely dominating out in front. 41 games played. They are now 19 points clear of Zurich in second, Freiburg in third, Lausanne in fourth. They've got games in hand, but they are such a long way back. Yes, okay, they've got five games in hand on Zug, but they're 30 points back. Even if they win all of those games in regulation, it only cuts the deficit by half. Zug just completely dominant this season. Uh, Davos having a good time of it. They're in fifth, 65 points. Savet, though, with five games in hand on them, are only one point back, 64 in that final first round buy spot. Lugano are also on 64 in seventh. Biel in eighth on 60. Ambry Piotr on 43. So now we really drop off there. Um, if we have a look at some of the... Um, Games that are coming through, uh, like Amber and Potter on 43, Rappersville on 43. Again, they've lost all their games again. Burn, they got another overtime victory there against Servette. They've still got eight games in hand. They're now only seven points away. So I think Burn, unless the kind of the wheels come off again, because they've got three wins in their last five now, unless those wheels come off again, you expect to see SC Burn in some form or another in the playoffs, whether it be first round by, whether they have to play in the first round. I mean, getting up to the first round by is a big ask. Um, I think it's more likely to be in the first round. And are they even going to get a home ice advantage in the first round? Probably not. Um, because even again, it's 24 points they've got to make up and it's only 15 points in hand that they've got over Lugano and BL. Um, and then at the bottom, the Langno Tigers. Now, of course, we've spoken at length before about the, the changes in the Swiss National League. So there isn't any threat to the Tigers at the moment. But um, yeah, plenty of interesting fixtures going on there. They are they are still playing. They're starting to get towards the end of the season, as everybody is now. Don't forget that we're in the 4th of March now. So regular seasons have not got long left, kind of a month, really. Some have maybe got five weeks. But that is a rundown of all of the leagues that we cover here on the Europuck podcast. So I'll just nip back and realise that I've been talking for 40 minutes about the, re, uh, the leagues going around Europe. So two things uh, left to talk about. Uh, the first, and again, this is something that's better with Hayden, but Sunday night, if you want to watch a thrilling game of ice hockey. Uh, go on YouTube and search the Nottingham Lions. So as uh, some of you know, I'm the, the commentator for the Nottingham Lions alongside John O'Bullard. Um, and it was the first game of the uh, NIHL 1 Morally uh, North Cup uh, streaming series. Of course, all played behind closed doors. We publicised it a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't know how many of you, if any of you, watched uh, the game we had 1200 peak viewers which for the third division in British ice hockey was just incredible and was five times anything we'd seen before um, and the chat was going crazy and it was just tremendous now the, the reason that game was so good it finished 6-5 to the Lions in overtime uh, and there were three goals in the final one minute and three seconds of regulation the highlights are now up on the Lions YouTube channel. Again, just search the Nottingham Lions. And if you've got two and a half hours, spare one time, watch the whole game. It was a thrilling game. Um, the Lions, they stuck to their ethos of playing youngsters. Um, so the overtime victory, for example, on the ice at the time of the overtime victory was two 16-year-olds making senior debuts and a 19-year-old. Um, and from being two goals down with five minutes to go, to tying it up with one minute and three seconds to go, to falling behind with 50 seconds to go again, to then equalising with 13 seconds to go and then winning with 22 seconds of overtime. Um, the, it was just an incredible game. So privileged to be able to watch it. If you want to have a laugh at mine and Jono's expense because our voices went quite high like this because it was incredible um, as, as the goals were going in and people on the penalty box were laughing at us as well. But... It was just, it was one of those surreal moments with ice hockey. And some of you may have had them as well, where 
we none of us we were talking to the coaches and everything afterwards none of us were actually sure what happened in those final two minutes of regulation we all said that we'd have to go home watch the highlights again to actually know what happened because you just lost yourself in the moment so much that it was just the incredible game and Something that probably won't see for for a while again, although I hope we do. I really hope we do because that game, it was an incredible game. It really was. Um, so elsewhere in British hockey, we were treated yesterday uh, to, so that was yesterday on Wednesday, um, to some news that we've spoken on the podcast before that the Elite League could have got up and running and then turned down the £4 million from the government because it was going to be a loan. Um, so they had to turn it down because it would bankrupt the league. Well, they've managed to come up with some sort of deal, from what I understand, and four teams, Nottingham Panthers, Sheffield Steelers, Manchester Storm and the Coventry Blaze are playing a four-team mini-series um, at the Nationalised Centre in Nottingham. All games are going to be there. Um, 24 games in kind of a big group. Um, so that'll be, what, six games sorry 12 games for each team yes 12 yes each team plays 12 yes um and then a semi-finals and a best of three series final which is very exciting uh the other exciting prospect uh is that each team can protect five british players that they had last season then they can sign uh eight imports and then there will be what they're calling a British draft. Uh, now, the whole purpose of this, or particularly in my view anyway, and it's the view shared by a number of other people as well, is that they need to use this kind of mini-series. It's going to take place over five weeks in April. Um, they need to use it to get the British, the Great Britain squad ready for the World Championships in May. So they can each team can protect five British players from last year, sign their imports, and then there's going to be a Brit draft, which they're going to draw out of hat who's going to pick first, and then there's going to be a pot full of available British players, uh, and then the teams are just going to draft and pick the players they want to make up the, the full roster. And then, so it's going to be predominantly British players in this, which, which I think is great. Um... And yes, it's all going to be behind closed doors. It's going to be streamed. There's a lot of details that are still yet to be announced because, as I said, it was only announced yesterday as, as I'm recording this. Um, still only... Uh, so there's still a lot to go. We you know, we don't know exactly what format this draft is going to take. Um, personally, I think a snake draft would make the most sense. Um, we don't know yet, kind of face-off times, what the fixture schedule is, anything like that. The teams have now got to quickly sort out rosters. Uh, we don't yet know, as far as I'm aware, the date of this Brit draft because what they're trying to do at the moment is just work out and get any British hockey players who want to take part in this to send their details to the Elite League um, so the Elite League can put together this pool of British players. So even the league, which is completely understandable because some players went overseas some are available, some might not be. Um, they don't know who's available to play in this league at the moment. So I expect to see more kind of announcements coming over the um, the coming days and weeks. If anything happens, we will bring it to you here on the Europuck podcast. So yes, exciting elite mini-series. It's not an elite league, um, elite mini-series. Um, so I'll answer some questions that you might have. Uh, four teams because it's a sport England is where the money has come from so the Scottish teams Dundee uh, Fife and Brayhead uh, their funding would have to come from Scotland Belfast the same from Northern Ireland uh, Cardiff the same from Wales and Guildford Flames who are in England already said that they wouldn't they weren't going to have anything to do with um, the hockey until next season because they've they felt that that gives them the best ability, which is completely fair enough to, to Guildford. Um, and in, in some respects, doesn't surprise me. Um, not in terms of like Guildford itself, but I can completely understand and I'm not surprised that a team has gone, no, actually, we would rather just concentrate on, on the next season. But these four teams, hopefully with some great games, we should see some, uh, some top-class players in there as well. 
Um, there'll be some key players in the draft, I imagine, if they decide to make themselves available because there are some elite league players who dropped down to this NIHL streaming because the elite league wasn't going. Um, but the streaming series finished before this elite league thing starts again. So you are talking about players who could finish this NIHL series and then go into the Elite League series. And there are some people, that there are some top players in there, which if they don't get protected, it's almost like an expansion draft and an NHL draft mixed into one, really, because if they don't get protected by their first teams, they could they are some top players in that draft. One that I particularly feel is, to me, makes logical sense that they, they stay for GB is Liam Kirk, who... He was over with with Peterborough, uh, went to Sweden, came back here. Is now playing with the Sheffield Steel Dogs and just completely dominating in the NIHL. He wasn't with an elite league team next year, uh, sorry, last year. So he'll be in that draft. Now you would think that whoever drafts first is likely to take Liam Kirk if he makes himself available. Um, I mean, from my point of view, it's probably what I would do if I already had a British netminder. If I didn't already have a British netminder, do I take Ben Bounds if he becomes available at any point? I mean, it's something that Hay uh, Hayden and I, and maybe next week, if we have more details, maybe next week we um, do a draft. If that's something you want to see, let us know in the comments. Like, do we do a Brit draft? You know, come up with a team that we we want to. We would we would draft in this situation. So. Yeah, there's plenty of Elite League stuff or the Elite mini-series. I should stop calling it the Elite League, really. Um, so we've got that to talk about as well. As I said, next week, plenty to talk about on the Europop podcast. We've got those three leagues which are finishing the two regular seasons and that winners and losers stage in Austria. The KHL will continue. The first round of the Polish Hockey League, you would think, uh, so first Polish Hockey League playoffs, you would think, will be done by the time uh, we come around to recording next week, unless one of those games goes to Game 7, which would be very exciting if it is. Everybody loves a Game 7. But I think that is about the place to wrap up this week's episode of the Europuck podcast. Again, apologies that you've just had me talking at you for, what, 50 minutes now. Um... There's nothing really we could do about it. Hayden's computer decided it didn't want to be a computer anymore. And it's difficult to record a podcast when that is the case. Um, but thank you very much for watching. Uh, and li please like and, and subscribe and share the the podcast on YouTube and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, if you've enjoyed today's show, you can follow uh, us on Instagram there. Um, and then on Twitter over there, uh, you're at Europop Podcast on both of those. You can follow myself at Chris underscore Gadsby here, and you can follow Hayden at uh, at OddmanRushYT over there. But uh, thank you very much for listening to today's show or watching today's show if you're watching the YouTube version, and goodbye.